Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Popping the Popcorn. I'm your host, Katie. And today I have my friend Pete from Real Life Thieves. And he has an amazing podcast. And you guys should totally check him out. And we're going to do like a little interview, talk about movies or TV shows or whatever we feel like talking about. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me and dealing with me. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, I actually found Pete like a couple months ago in like October and I started listening to his like podcast and that's how I found him. I think I was like one of the first very few people that found you him. You were actually. like literally the first person and you immediately messaged me. You're like, this show is so cool. <laughs> this is such a concept. I was like, right. what, what? <laughs> I've never, the first time I put something out, someone messaging me, that never happened before. So that right. made me feel so cool and just gave me all this like gusto and motivation to just keep going. <laughs> right. well, like, guess, it was instant positive reinforcement. I loved it. I guess, I guess because I'm just a nice person and I just go out and like find people, I guess, or people find me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how the algorithm worked in our favor, but it did. And I'm very happy know. that it did because you've always been super, super cool. You've always been really nice. Like every time I've like reached out or whatever, you're just like, hey, what's up? And like right. totally just living by your example with everything that I'm doing. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, I don't know if I'm a good example because I haven't really <laughs> no, no, you were so welcoming. You were so welcoming to me. Like that just showed me like, no, this is how I should be. Right. So I, I appreciated it. So I try you. I try to be nice to everybody, but you know, sometimes you can't be, but I try to be. No, not the trolls. No, no, you can't be nice to trolls. You can't feed them and you can't be nice to them. There's nothing you can I just do. delete them. <laughs> I just go, what? I, delete. Every episode now I say, don't be a troll, be an artist. That's how I end my show every time. Yes. You know what? Like, it's all frustration of, right. I I think I can do this better. And it's like, you know what? Maybe you should show people that you can. You right. know, if you want to put your money with your mouth, let's do it. And and really get the the energy going in a direction of creation versus like destruction. Right. And that changes a lot of things if you start getting a lot of people into the creation mm -hmm. direction versus right. the destruction direction. <laughs> and I also think with podcasting, you do meet like a lot of the same people and a lot and a lot of people that follow you and you have supporters and stuff. And I just think it's interesting like how we all come together to a common goal as well. I have had the most community out of anything outside of tabletop games in this like you can call this a hobby you can call this a profession you can call this a million different things i'm blown away by the people that i've met on twitter on instagram on beams it's been like super super cool and i just all i want to do is just keep like diving into the community and just being more extroverted and i'm loving it so right it's, it's really especially during now right and you have one of those personalities like that's why i liked your podcast so much because you could tell oh, that you're you. passionate about it and your energy just and the whole like thing. Like when you talk about a movie that you actually love or a movie that you don't really like, it shows. Well, like I try to be as positive as I can because there's a lot of negative Nancy's all right. over the place. Right. Like, and, and for a lot of that has to do with the, the kind of flavor of the readership of the time especially late 90s, early 2000s, right? You're talking about a bunch of people that were really into really angry video game reviews. Right. <laughs> like the angry video game nerd and stuff like that. Or like, mm -hmm. or Yahtzee on The Escapist. Like that was pretty common. And to have people just kind of being mean to art 
became kind of a thing of the internet. And I don't necessarily think that that was a good thing. And I feel like for me, it made me very jaded to be like that. I, all I, all I would ever do is find all the hate in movies after a while. And Mm -hmm. I kind of just stopped watching them. It was this big part of my life that I kind of just was like, man, everything sucks now. (laughs) Right. And I was really happy to be able to start making something where I was like, you know, I'm going to watch a movie that I'm not necessarily excited about, which was gunpowder milkshake. Everyone told me it wasn't going to be good. Right. And I remember that episode. all the stuff that's in it. And I was like, no, I actually like this movie mm-hmm. because I was looking for stuff that I was like, what are they drawing from? What's the, what's the direction? What's this? What's that? And when you start questioning like those things about the thing you're watching, it doesn't matter if it's a bad movie or not anymore. You're, you're going to find something that you can go, wait a second. I learned something from this. <laughs> Maybe right. it's what not to do, but you learned something. And it's right. sometimes more important to learn what not to do. Right. Especially in screenplay writing or in movie writing. And it's like, how many shots do you get? You know, you, you right. might as well learn everything you shouldn't do. <laughs> right. And, <then laughs> and everything right. you shouldn't like j- take everything in. And and then you start riffing off of things that nobody's seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, who's this original voice? That right. makes you feel good. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when you did the uh, podcast episode of um, of what was it called? The, the Gunpowder Milkshake movie? Because then mm-hmm. it made me want to watch it. Remember, I messaged you and said, I'm going to watch this movie now. Yeah, and I was almost like, oh, uh, wait a second. <laughs> I didn't think I was that positive. Um, but I was happy that you were happy and it made me feel, oh, wait a second. I think, uh, I think I'm onto something. And, um, but I took a break cause it was just all like, I was literally machine gun referencing stuff. I was right. like, this is, this is cool. And I think people can see a lot of stuff that I'm seeing, but I'm not sure if this is really the structure of a show. Right. You know what I mean, like, I'm not sure if this is a thing people will come back to outside of a novelty. So I took the time off to really think about it. Went back to my old show, which was Guerrilla Film History Now with this guy, Mark. Um, really great friend of mine. And the thing that was missing was like this thing in the show, which was, you know, were really like my side of it was I was kind of analyzing his historical stuff that he was giving me. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was the thing that was missing for me it was like, I loved digging in that way. So to be able to get into a position where I could start really analyzing things that people weren't necessarily like this is high art i thought that was kind of cool to be doing that to pop culture in that way and go no let's treat it the same way we would treat like anything else right Um, that was cool for me Um, so so that's why i started the adaptation episode and now i've been on this arc of adaptations right and and i really liked your uh sonic the hedgehog one that you made last night or the other day i'm glad whatever. thank you i got a bunch of good feedback from that one so thank you yeah that yeah. i i'm very excited <laughs> someone said i'm gonna watch this movie now it was a good movie i watched it and uh it's my... not a bad family movie right like it's no. actually for family films it's good it's it's actually one of the better family films i could say that much you know yeah no there's ones that are and, actually really really bad and i think also uh jim carrey playing dr robotnik because, you know, that comes back to my childhood of playing Sonic as a kid and playing Sonic. Because yeah. um, he's giving he, your childhood memories of that of his movies, too. Because that's around right. the same time. Right. right. You're getting that and, little Ace Ventura bump. 
Right. And he's actually not playing Jim Carrey in this movie. So it's interesting that he's actually not really playing Jim Carrey in this movies because most of his movies he plays Jim Carrey. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, another Jim Carrey movie. How is he going to no, be like, this time? <laughs> I think that's why he went into that method direction for a while, right? That's why he did the Truman Show. Right. And then he went on Man on the Moon. He had a complete nervous breakdown on Man on the Moon. Yes, I like, heard about it, that. It led to this whole spiritual experience for him. I think that was actually very good for him to have. I think that he's very happy where he's at now. Right. Um, I think so, too. Because I loved his... his villain dance in Sonic, mm -hmm. though. Me, too. That felt right out of Ace Ventura. Like, when he's just dancing to be like a villain, and he's like, yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but I was surprised about James Morrison's character as well in that movie. Just because... Yeah, I was like, dude... Because I'm not really a James Marston fan. The only other movie that I really like him in is 27 Dresses with Katherine Heigl. So I'm okay. just like... Ooh, that's an, that's an older one. And I'm just like, uh, James Marston's in this movie. I don't know how this movie's going to be, but then I actually liked it. Did you see Westworld? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, like, I think that's where he's getting more clout. Is he really is. from like those those moments because it's like wow I didn't know you could do that you know it's the same like when Matthew McConaughey did uh, right. Dallas Buyers Club and True Detective it's like wait a second I thought you did Sahara right exactly <laughs> well I think actors sometimes have to go through like bad movies to get like a couple of good ones anyway I think they need to see sometimes like and I'm not trashing like when when actors do bad films right because at the end of the day they're trying to get work. Right. It's like, hey, I got another one in the bag. I got some money to get going and I can pay my taxes and pay my bills and I'm good. Right. Um, and, and you know, and, and it's like maybe you only have maybe you have to do a film because you're attached to a certain thing. You know, right. there are some vertical integration style contracts again, which kind of mm -hmm. is not great for performers because they right. can kind of lead into those weird movies. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say vertical yeah. integration? Yeah, yes. so it's like it's the studio system again the whole way down, especially with Disney Plus. Right. They own all the content on there, they're distributing it, they're doing everything. So right. and they're getting these actors into multi-movie, multi-year contracts mm -hmm. and getting now they're roping in TV shows. Like it's just it, right. it feels like golden age all over again. Um, which can create great pop culture content because there's a lot of through lines and a lot of seeds for a lot of different things. Right. But it's not necessarily the best for like the actors for their creativity and for their sanity. Right. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen like the next 10. Because I think there will be a bit. I think there's going to be more like independent streaming services. I think and so too. Be, I, I can totally see A24 ha having like an A24 plus. Yeah. I actually, like A24 films. Is that bad to say? <laughs> no, I love A24 films. I don't I think like them. Oh, oh no. So I mean like. I get it. I I like them because like they speak to like my art house kind of things from my right. game days. Um, I thought that the Green Knight adaptation was pretty well done. I have honestly. not seen that one yet. Well, if you don't like A24, you're going to hate the movie. <laughs> well, well, I might like that one just because it's not like one of their horror movies. So I might like that one. No, they totally do a fan. It's totally fantasy horror. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it it's, seems like um, it's not the way the way the trailers seem. It seems like it's not. <laughs> it's it's definitely got like a grim dark fantasy edge, uh -huh. you know, like which definitely still is a horror element to it. Um, right. 
I like that they leave the ending open-ended. Right. Um, but what they do is that the adaptation isn't necessarily the same lesson of the original story. Mm-hmm. It's more of like an adaptation for now and talking to the youth of now and like gotcha. the kind of men in arrested development. Because gotcha. that's really where Sir Gaiwin is. Right. You know, he's yeah. in this arrested development kind of situation. He's kind of the perpetual man child of, of the court. And he does something very foolish that right. he has to pay for eventually. And he has to go through because of this whole idea of honor and kind of be mm-hmm. kind of this very dark coming of age story that doesn't necessarily happen in the original text. Right. Um, there's definitely a happy ending in the original text. <laughs> right. It's not yeah. so happy for him, I think, this Cause, time. Because <laughs> Midsummer, I turned that movie off in 10 minutes. I did not like it. I turned it off in 10 minutes. It is. It's such a creepy movie. I, I, I'll do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to applaud it. Because they made a whole horror film in daylight. Right. It's completely daylight. Like, that has not been done that much no like there have been people that have tried um and florence Pugh, i'm in love with her you right. know like i, I thought I she like was amazing her. i like her i love her I, she makes me love yelena like if anyone else right. was yelena i would hate her like it's just like, maybe i wouldn't hate her i wouldn't like her. i won't say i hate her i would say i would i would not like her as much as i do as florence Pugh. i see she just embodies yelena the same way that um Haley steinfeld embodies kate bishop and how Chris right. Evans really embodies Captain America. Like, it's just the perfect right. casting for that role. Right. When she, when she catch, you saw Hawkeye, right? Yes. When she catches that bottle, hi. Mm-hmm. I was, um, nope. Be still right. my beating heart. Because Hawkeye, <laughs> I actually the, the TV show made me like Hawkeye more because he was my least favorite character in the MCU. No, totally succeeded in that, one hundred percent. Like, and that, he was like really good. I have a love and hate relationship with Jeremy Renner movies because some of them I don't yeah. like and some of them I do like. So I have like this love and hate relationship with his movies. I felt like this was proof to me that you need to cast Jeremy Renner in a diehard reboot and make him John McClane. Right. Because he would be perfect as a brand new John McClane, especially after seeing Hawkeye. There's so many right. like cool references to Die Hard in it. Mm-hmm. Um it just made me fall in love. Or he was not the original casting, though. Did you know right. that? Right. No, I didn't know that. You know, um, do you know the show Supernatural? Yes. Yeah. Was so, J- yeah, it was Jensen. I think Ackles is his last name. Jensen Ackles. Jensen yeah, Ackles. He, he was cast. He he went into audition for Captain America. Mm-hmm. Lost out to Chris Evans. Right. And they said, "But we love you. You would be great as Hawkeye." And then he's getting all the dates and mm. they all match up with the Supernatural's shooting dates. Oh, wow. And they're not changing their schedule for Supernatural. Right. So he says, no, I owe it to the Supernatural fans. Right. Because like they they were the people that like gave him a home. <laughs> so it's like, right. he's like, what am I going to do? I'm not going to leave the show. Right. So he, it would be he weird. Said no. Jared Padalecki by himself. Yeah, and I'm not actually like after seeing the movies and how like kind of little utilized Hawkeye was, I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like maybe they. I'm not. Do you think they would have utilized him more if it was Jensen? I think so. 
You think he would have been better? Maybe he would have a say-so in the Avengers a little bit more than Jeremy, I think. But but I'm not too, too sure. But I think so because Jeremy, out of them two, I mean, like, Jeremy Renner's a good actor and so is Jensen Eccles. But Jensen Eccles has only been in, like, a couple of TV shows. I don't know if he's done any movies. He hasn't done a ton. And he's now he's going to be in the new season of The Boys. And a lot of the reason why he was cast as Soldier Boy is because he went and he was the other choice for Captain America. Right. He was going to be one of the Avengers. So, like, this was a known story in Hollywood. So this is kind of him getting to do this, I I guess, like, kind of critique of Marvel, which is kind of cool, I think. I, yeah, I don't. Be, I wasn't expecting interesting. that. It will be interesting to see him in that role. See, for me, the boys is really hard to watch. Mm-hmm. The boys is tough. I've only seen I, the first I, season. The, there's a whole head exploding scene in the second season. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like everyone's heads are exploding, and they're just right. sitting there watching it on TV, going, "Oh my god!" Right. <laughs> it's just. I'm sorry, my voice keeps going in and out. It's still fine. From the, because I was sick with, uh, if no one listened to my episode this week, I, I had COVID last week, so I'm it's still okay. kind of, but, um, are you feeling better though? Oh yeah. No, I just, I'm still raspy. I still got a cough, but, um, it's okay. that's why like sometimes I was drinking water and stuff, but I'm, I'm, well, I always out. have water. See, it was, water. <laughs> yeah. oh no, you have way more than me. You're still more professional than me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, it's just, it's a little too much for me, right? You know, and I'm somebody who saw Terminator Two at four years old, <laughs> right? I watched it at, the, at a young age too, so yeah. Well, yeah. my mom did it as like, a, I'm gonna show you, right? <laughs> to ask for this kind of stuff, not knowing it would start me on this cinema journey, right? That led me here to you. Is that right is that now. what? Is that when you first? Oh yeah, no, movies? I saw that. I said I want to make movies. That was the movie right. that made me say I want to make movies. Right. I was is that, fascinated. Is that like your that favorite movie? That. Is that your uh, favorite? Movie? It, <clears throat> Terminator Two holds a very, very, very close place in my heart because it is the film that like ignited movie passion in me. Like I had watched cartoons. I had seen Bambi and Little Mermaid and Fern right. Gully and stuff like that. But like. That was such a different experience. It like made me feel all these different things. I was scared out of my mind. I was excited. Right. I was laughing. I was crying. I was like, what the hell is going on? Right. And then like going back later to the film as an adult, realizing like that was absolutely the wrong decision to make as a parent. But <laughs> right. I, um, especially the, the, the nuke nightmare scene. But there's mm-hmm. something so well done about terminator 2 that they never ever captured again right you know like it is genuinely for me like though that and aliens are the two perfect sequels right um they just did things with the franchises that were new and different but they still were in universe they were able to make it bigger and better it was like the quintessential everything a hollywood sequel should be when you go to the movie theater kind of a thing um that that right. for me was yeah that they haven't really beaten that. I know Avatar made more money. I know that Marvel films have made more money. Um, I don't right. think structurally any of those films are as like in terms of the writing are as tight as right. cool as like metal as Terminator Two Judgment Day is. Wasn't that movie in the nineties, right? 
didn't it come out? Yeah. 92nd one? 1992 yeah. or 1993, yeah. Yeah, the, the, 90, the 90s movies were interesting because they didn't have a lot of technology like we do in, like, the 2000s. So a lot yeah. of that stuff is interesting how they had to come up with all kinds of like stuff, especially for like Terminator, cool. especially for like yes. the robots. The reason stuff. why T-1000 looks so good is because that's all practical. Right. So they, so for the scene where um, the cop, uh, the T-1000 cops getting shot, he has these little flowers coming out almost of, they look mm -hmm. almost like flowers. They literally were flowers, right. foam, like latex painted all this stuff, flowers to make it look like the metal was coming out from an explosion. Right. And they came out of like these, it was a very intricate setup. Um, when he melts at one point towards the end of the film, mm. it comes back together. Right. That's literally mercury that they right. filmed in reverse. Like that's just brilliant. Like, 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 how, like the fact that people are trying to emulate that with CGI and it's like, why isn't it working? Because it's right. not CGI. Um, right. Now you're going to be seeing that again now with the new Lord of the Rings series coming out. Oh, yeah. Rings of I Power. I can't wait Did you for see that. that trailer? That was 100% yes. CGI. Not CGI. It was 100% practical. Yes. I saw it. It was really good. I can't wait for it because I'm, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a huge nerd on Lord of the Rings, so I can't wait for so it. So how many times have you read the novel? Oh, I've read it like 100 times. I can't get through it. I always make it to the Elven Kingdom. They leave the forest. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I can't anymore. And I just start falling. And I'm like, I don't know why. I think it's just because it's so, it's so thick. It's like a it's thousand a page book. Boy. Yeah, that's what always intimidated me about Harry Potter. Harry I have not Potter's read all of the Harry Potter books either. No, I'm losing some cred here, but I'm going to be honest. I have not read all Harry Potter books. I have I've not read all of Lord of the Rings. I've read um, all the Lord of the Rings. I read all of Dune in two days, though. <laughs> I'm not a Dune fan. <laughs> I loved Frank Herbert's Dune. I'm not a big fan of the other books. They kind of mm -hmm. lost me. Once we got to the Worm God, I was like, I can't do this anymore. But yeah. uh, the the first book, there's something about it that I, I really fell in love with. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of Game of Thrones comes from, is that first book. Right. Um, all could the different in, houses. Could you get in the Game of Thrones books? Because those are like 1,000 pages, too. No, and a lot of it has to do with like it's like even like more overly sexualized. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like it just it, it, when you're just talking about like looking at your reflection reflection and rubbing your body, like that's not anything anybody does. Like don't right. <laughs> I can't right. do that. Um right. and also there were things that I knew about the series that kind of turned me off. Like Orig the original plan for the series was a trilogy and they're like no it has to be seven books right so like he stretched it out and like how much he has to reference his stuff I, I understand it's vast and there's thousands and thousands of characters but like you also i don't think could ever do a real true adaptation and and mm -hmm. after how the show ended that oh, last yeah. season put such a bad taste in my mouth for right. anything game of thrones and i don't think that was his fault that wasn't his fault at all. It was, that was, it was the it was the writers and the producers, I think. Well, one thing is that if they would have went to ten seasons, it would have been a very very expensive show, um, right? Back then. Now, the amount of money that they're putting into Lord of the Rings: Ring of Power, now that we're talking about all this TV stuff, is insane. Like, right. way more insane than anything HBO would have been willing to do uh, for Game of Thrones, despite how crazy it was. 
Um, the fact that like, like you're condensing three seasons worth of stuff into one season and the other, like everyone else behind the scenes had like multiple projects lined up. Right. They're like, we're moving on to the next thing. We're done. So like, it feels, it, it feels rushed because it is rushed. Right. It, and they could only do so much in a 12 episode thing. And it, mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff comes across jarring because you don't have a ton of the setup and payoff that you would have had in other previous seasons. The reason why Game of Thrones worked so well was because it was such a slow burn. Right. And then all of a sudden we just ignited this giant AT&T, like AT&T, TNT Acme fuse. Right. Yeah. No, no. With 5G ruined the show. That's what it was. <laughs> it was all those 5G antennas. Right. They were too close to them. And they made yeah. one season out of three shows, three seasons of right. a show. Yeah, everybody was <laughs> mad about Game of Thrones anyway. The the last season, everybody was mad about it. I I was I I that was, that, I was that was all of the reasons why I usually don't get invested in TV shows until they're done. Right, like because of like the way sometimes they can end because it's mm -hmm. like well we wrote all these things and now we only have one more season. We've, right. We kind of gambled a little bit and thought we might get one more and it just wasn't the thing. Or maybe there was a plan for a bigger thing and they get it shorter. Like it's just, right. there's so many things that can happen in the span of like five or six years. Look how many things have happened to everybody else in two. Right. Know? So, I mean, most people these days wouldn't want to work someplace more than a couple of years. Anyway, imagine all those actors having to work seven, eight, 10, 12, 25 years. On the same yeah, that's, show. That's a, long, a time. long time. And then you have the other thing of, well, when do we end the show? What if you have perpetual infinite amount of seasons like The Simpsons? Right. Right. It's like, well, how do we land it? Well, you, you kind of, you, you can't. Like, you, there's been several landings of the show. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the day that that show ends, I think they are going to do this massive thing, this massive special that would be I, incredible. I think so too. I think there's like last time I looked on Disney Plus, there was like 23 seasons or something. Or yeah, something. but it's like it's such a behemoth that it's like, how do you end it at that point? You know, mm -hmm. just um, what's what's for me the biggest cliffhanger in TV though has to be Hannibal. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I fell in love with that show as which is weird because I can't do the boys, but I could do Hannibal on NBC. Right. Um, I think it was the way that they shot it. It, it, the way that he shot food in that show mm -hmm. was absolutely gorgeous. I've never seen food shot like that ever. Right. Um, and Brian Fuller and everybody in the team in that was incredible. I mean, right. the casting, the, everything was just, oh, it was so good. Um, I, I'm, I'm sad where it ended. I wish I would get one more season, but... I'm still happy how it ended, but they did leave a cliffhanger just in case they could get that one last season right. one day. Um, Maybe they'll go back yeah. like they did with Dexter. Yeah, and I, I I hope that they do. I think everything just needs to be just right for it to work, though. Right. Um, and it has to be Clarice. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's, that's also kind of a big, big thing to tackle, <laughs> especially, bless you. Thank Especially because the Clarice show on CBS like like was a couple of seasons, but they kind of mm -hmm. already did it. So 
where do they go with it outside of like this kind of story that we don't have outside of the books right with everybody so i don't know i don't really know but i i i, I really love that show so much i have to check that show out <laughs> if if you can handle gore if you can handle yeah, I gore. Can. yeah yeah i like but, the movies oh i what i loved about the show was how it not only did it expand on the movies you get great moments from the films but but like as they were written in the books a little bit closer mm -hmm. um but also they gender bend the entire show oh wow so like there are characters that are female that create all these new relationships um they also really dive hard into a literary theory called queer theory mm -hmm. and they do a fantastic job uh using that as well and i think that fixes a lot of the problems particularly of silence of the lambs that right. um you got from that especially about like trans people and, mm -hmm. and people that aren't you know necessarily you know cisgender straight guys because it kind of right. came across that buffalo bill was killing people because he was a transvestite <laughs> and right. that's not really a reason anybody kills anybody <laughs> um <Right. laughs> oh, I'm, I'm just so into this like that's not right, right? it's not thing. normal <laughs> no no and it's really damaging to like an entire community right. so i was really happy that hannibal went in that direction because it's like it, it was like kind of a no this is that was wrong we're gonna do it this way and right. I, I really i really like that a lot so you know yeah and, and the art of hannibal book i have an actual art direction of hannibal book that oh, i that's genuinely awesome. really love i love it so much yeah i think like the um i've seen the clips of the show and stuff and i love mm -hmm. the cinema photography in that show oh my god yeah it's the it's so good um I, for you like so you've, you've been doing a lot of movie reviews what's been your favorite review to do in like the last two weeks um so i just did a review on phantasma or however you say that phantasmic it came out in 1979 about phantasma, the tall man yeah about the Ooh. tall man so i just did a review on that and that movie was really interesting because it came out in 1979 and some of the stuff they had used like you know the have you seen the movie i have not i've heard of the film Okay. It came out around the end of the American New Wave. So if so. you have if you have Peacock or if you have Shutter, it's on both of those, or Ooh. it's on Pluto TV. You okay. need to watch it because I want to hear your takes on it. Um, because this film is so good, especially like um, there's a scene where there's these like silver balls, and they had to um, and they have like these like arrow like it kind of looks like a lightning strike and these balls okay and there's a scene where this guy is getting like balls on his like forehead or something and they had to film that scene backwards oh that's cool mm -hmm. that's super cool now so like the american new wave was super super inventive with that kind of stuff right but it was really cool mm -hmm. yeah so i i've got to get it i and Especially to, horror films in the late 70s, right. early 80s. They did so much cool stuff. And then they had to throw the balls. They got pictures, actual pictures from, like, the major leagues and to throw the balls. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they wanted to kill the actor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, they're like you know rubber balls. Just to, ju just to be safe, let's get someone that can throw a ball at 96 miles an hour right at your head. <laughs> right. I don't know, 
but I was just it's the like late going... 70s, so they're all juiced up. Right. So I was just like going through like all these like fun facts and stuff about the movie, and I did my movie review on it earlier today, and it was really good. I actually watched it two days ago because I was just cool. busy the last few days, so I didn't get my review out in time, but it was actually yeah. really good. Oh man, I gotta try to check that out. I want to. That's on my list. And then the next movie I want to watch for the the show because I'm still in adaptations. I've got to get me a, a Apple TV subscription so I can see Tragedy and Macbeth. I really want to do uh, that. I want to see that movie too. I want to see Denzel Washington and Shakespeare is just like uh, I want to see that so bad because that's where he was discovered. Right. Like, I love what? Denzel Washington. Oh my god. Oh. Oh. Like any that movie man. he does, he puts so much heart and soul into the movie. I think yeah, he's like a method even, actor. Even his bad films like Ricochet are still like, well, he's in it, so it's good. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I I'm at training day. Oh, I training love training day. When his first like real big turn as a villain is so good. Right. I mean, and they still reference the King Kong line. They, mm -hmm. they just referenced that in the new Space Jam movie. Right. I didn't like that one as much. I, you know what? I liked it more because, and maybe it's because I like all the reference, referential nostalgia. Like they're just fan servicing me to death. And I'm like, just, right. yeah, just give it to me. <laughs> well, I liked, I liked all the references and stuff, but I don't know yeah. what it was. I don't know if it was Dwayne Wade's, right? It was Dwayne Wade. I don't no. know. It, who was it? LeBron. I don't know. I get them confused. Whatever basketball it's player. It's okay. It yeah, no, it's it's LeBron James. But the yeah. um, but for the, so Space G, the original Space Jam, structurally, the original Space Jam is right. much better uh, of a script because there is mm -hmm. a very well defined Act One, Act Two, Act Three. Right. And it hits all of those things. Right. And this one is is kind of having to do multiple things, right? Right. It has to be a reboot. Mm -hmm. It's a pseudo remake, but it's also a sequel, but we're right. trying to like make it more for like kids that are now. And right. they tried, I think, to add in like three or four different storylines together and they, right. they pieced it together. And I think they did, they think they did a pretty good job and with what they, what, what they had to do with all of those pieces. Right. Um, and I liked I liked, you know, Don Cheadle, honestly. Like, yes, I really as the bad like guy. Because <laughs> you never really was... get to see him as a bad guy. Well, no, but like also it's like he's in like this funny or die mode, like from Captain Planet, mm -hmm. um, from those skits. And yes, I loved him in those. So like I saw those notes from Captain Planet in there. And I was like, yeah, no, that, like all of these scenes I actually like because he just ate that all right. up. And he's mm -hmm, like, no, I'm gonna, did. I'm gonna go full Cheadle, and I love right. it. Right, <laughs> I liked it. No, I liked the Space Jam movie. It just, I just think, in my opinion, it had a little bit too much going on. That's why it had, I yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. And you know, um, and the first the film other, it was like, let's just make Michael look good. Right, and the only other movie that I did like LeBron James, I always get him and Dwayne Wade mixed up. I don't know why, but it's I okay. do. Um, I, I'm, I'm more of like a football soccer guy. So I, I liked him. <laughs> I liked him in Trainwreck because he was just hilarious in Trainwreck, Dwayne Wade. I mean, uh, I mean LeBron. LeBron yeah, no, LeBron, yeah. Um, his comedy notes are actually really good. And I think that he riffs off of people really well. Like the, the best the best scene that he does in terms of the acting is, is when he's um, with the woman who plays his wife. 
Mm-hmm. And the other one is with Michael B. Jordan. Yes. Like there's this little there's this little scene with Michael B. Jordan. Um yes, and I remember going that. back and forth. I was like, that timing's perfect. Right. That timing's great. Mm-hmm. Um and I liked it that there were other like other basketball players in there and that they got their voices and they got to be like the monsters and like the goon squad. Yes. I thought that was a, a cool little thing to do. Um, right. besides getting like a bunch of other like people to play villains. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I dug that he was like, you know what? I've been a bad dad. I need to, I need to right. be more accepting of you and right. I need to get to, I need to get to your level. You don't need to get to mine. It's, this isn't the same kind of situation I was in. Right. Um, you know, and every time they do like fatherly like angles in films, I'm always like, no, I get it. I get it, man. Right. Let's get sucked in. I <laughs> think just we all do. Time. I think I think that's what part of family films are about is you just get sucked into them. Yeah, and like don't get me wrong, I I love watching films like Mandy and, and all that kind of stuff too, like with all the other stuff we talked about, but I still haven't I've... seen Mandy yet. I have it on my list. I think it's on uh, if you don't like a twenty, if you don't like a twenty four, don't see Mandy. But I like. I'm not a huge Nick Cage fan either. So yeah, so absolutely, that's not that. I would say take that off your list because I'm not sure if you. If, this is absolutely quintessential, like like melt Nick Cage before they started really milking Nick Cage as Nick Cage. Like this movie showed you could make a movie with Nick Cage as as like that that meme of him as a character. Right. And um, this kind have... of started down that rabbit hole for him of being in these films. So the point right. where now he's going to be in a film, literally playing a caricature of himself. And he's, I think after this, he's going to want to move away right. from that. I actually kind of liked him in Kick-Ass. He was Nick Cage in Kick-Ass. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's he's not a big fan of method acting. Right. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was very successful early on with method acting and got bored. Right. And you he know. was really good in National Treasure. He was really good in those movies. Oh my God, I love him in Con Air. I think that's my favorite. I think that, or uh-huh. you know, maybe The Rock. Right. Oh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Con Air because he does a he does the accent. Yes, he does. <laughs> I started laughing when he did that accent in Con Air. I started laughing. Yeah, but you know what? He owned it, and after a while, I was like, I'm in. I'm on. I'm on this train. Right. I'm doing it. Put and then, the bunny down. I can do this. <laughs> and then I have Pig on my list. That's on H. Uh, that's on Hulu. And I, I want to see that so bad. It's, I, it's, it's on, on Hulu? Hulu. Yeah. Oh my god! I didn't know. Oh, I've got to mm-hmm. see that. I was originally gonna do this Nick Cage arc for Mandy. Right. I was gonna see Mandy, and I was gonna see Color Out of Space, and I was gonna see Pig. But after the Mandy episode, that's when I started rethinking the show. So I kind of stopped from that. Right. I would like to go back. I, I think I, I want to do adaptations. I want to kind of stay in this kind of vein of like doing arcs and series of a show. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's fun. It, it gives also me like some structure because I right. do write the show. So yeah. It, it yeah, does, it does give, give me an idea of what to do. A little bit of structure from when you, from where you first started till now, it does give you a oh, little yeah. bit of structure. I'm not just ripping before, into a before, I mean, like I liked your podcast before, but I think you were all over the place a little bit. And oh but, no, totally ADHD. But but that's okay though, because because you live and you learn. Like um, like everybody. I so learned a lot. I, I started putting facts in my movie reviews, and everybody seemed to like it actually. Because I started doing, I said I put a poll on my Instagram, and I said, 
do you all want to do Harry? Do you want me to do a Harry Potter or, or do you want me to do Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. And everybody's like Pirates of the Caribbean because I guess there's more Pirates of the Caribbean than Harry Potter fans. I don't know. But so okay. I st started doing that. So I did the Curse of the Black Pearl the other day. Mm -hmm. And once I did the fun facts of the Curse of the Black Pearl, everybody's like, we want more fun facts because it's interesting to find these things. So now I have to do more research and stuff like that. Oh, that's really cool. Like for, but for me, like I did the film school thing kind of on a riff of like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do like a little homework assignment at the end to try to get people to write. Right. I'm just going to do this and just see what happens because it just seems like more my speed. I was, I'm always encouraging people to write. I can't tell you how many people I've told to be writers at all. Like, I don't care what you write a 500 page novel and send it to me. I'll edit it for you for free. I just want you to write. Right. This is good. Like I used to tutor people when I was in college and I'd read their stuff. And like, you know, sometimes it's a term paper or whatever, but occasionally I, I'd see this story. I'd be like, this is, this belongs in a literary magazine. Like, right. I, I know you're a biology major, but like, you need to also do this. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> this is also very, very good. Right. Um, so if I can get people to kind of find the passion again and stuff and like maybe make something new and different and like, let's say it's a spec script that gets sold right. and then it changed, like, pfft. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. And then people are realizing their dreams or they're getting a hobby or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. hell yeah. Like, I'm this all is all the. It. Yeah, like, it's great. Like, I, I think more and more people should write. I tell, know, I tell people to always follow their dreams no matter what you want to do. You know? Yeah, like, I, I tell my kids this figure out what you're good at and what you love and make money doing what right. you're good at while you figure out how to make money on what you love, if you really want to do that. But either right. way, you know what you're good at. Like, you know right. your skill set, you know all that stuff. And a lot of the time, the best artists are people that come from different worlds and they're applying all these different types of things and mm -hmm. methodologies to their art now. And people are like, oh my God, I never thought to do that. But right. that's it, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And like, even even if you don't think you could do it, like people are saying on YouTube, like, like, it's your first like year as um, so on my um channel, I've only been doing it since October. So a lot of yeah. people are like, even if you get to like, where you get a roadblock, don't delete your channel, just take a little break from it for a while. Yeah. Or like, if you're just like, you, you're hitting a creative thing, like if you're hitting a creative bump, nine times out of 10, it's because you're not consuming enough art. Right. Right. Like you're, or you're consuming the same kind of stuff over and over and you're not on like a, a balanced diet of art. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get frustrated because they're like, why can't I come up with this idea? Why can't I come up with this scene? Why can't I fix this character? Why can't I, but da, 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 da. and that's happened to me a million times. And right. what'll happen is I'll be listening to something. And there's a, a set of lyrics in a verse. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a second. That's the theme of this character. This whole song is the theme for this character now. Let me dig into the rest of the song. And then I and then you find like the elements that are missing maybe in that song. Or you're watching a movie and you're right. like, wait a second. This is kind of the scene I'm trying to write. What did they do different? Right. And what other scenes are like that scene? That's not bad. Like it's it's not bad to be riffing from stuff. That's why I'm doing an adaptation series first. 
for this stuff. Right. I want people to realize that literally 99% of the stuff that they're watching has lines, scenes, characters ripped out of everything and into this thing. And right. like, it's all mixtapes. And mm -hmm. it's not like, and that doesn't cheapen film. I love mixtapes. Mixtapes are quintessential to hip hop and electronic music. Right. So like, why not take the sampling idea from that and put it into movies? Right. They've right. been doing it the whole time. And, that once and you also, really look at it like that. And also people that aren't like really big into movies like we are, we're, we're like hardcore movie buffs. Um, yeah. Don't don't realize also that like all the characters, all all the work that the movies have to come through, somebody basically has to write the, the script. And mm -hmm. then all these characters have to come to life. They don't realize like the big like scale of it. Yeah, you and know. like a lot of the times, like a, a script, like script to production, I think average is what, like, I think I heard something like seven to ten mm -hmm. for a first script, and that like, it, I don't think anybody realizes how long it takes. Akira, you, you, I mean, you know Akira Kurosawa, right? Seven yes. Samurai, Rashomon. Mm -hmm. You know what he said about screenwriting? It was one of the last interviews he did before he died. What did he say? He said, "If you really want to make movies." Mm -hmm. You have to become comfortable with the mundane task of putting pen to paper. Right. Like all you have to do if you really want to make movies is learn how to write a really tight, good 90 to 120 page script. Mm -hmm. If you can do that and you can make a bunch of those, you can literally do right. so much in the movie industry. You have no idea. And right. like that's how a lot of Japanese filmmakers were taught. He was taught that way. When you got those internships, the right. first thing you did was you were put in a room and you're like, write a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> write that, write this scene or like edit this stuff. Right. And the idea was you're learning all of the building blocks of film. You're learning how to make schematics, mm -hmm. essentially. And it's like, well, now you're really good at knowing where everything goes. Let's see right. where your instincts take you when we actually take you out into the job scene, right? The mm -hmm. job site. And then you're on there and they, they, they treated it kind of like a blue collar kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, film works very well in that kind of environment. So if you're not willing, like if you're like, you want to dream about being in the movie industry, if you're not willing to sit down for an hour or two a day and work on a spec script, that's right. literally for free at this point, it's right. free to do. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got to show people stuff like, if I want to get out there, I've got to make a podcast or a YouTube channel right. or something. People have to see that I'm doing stuff. Right. Exactly. I have to prove to people I want it. Right. You know, and I think everybody that makes a podcast, YouTube channel, whatever the case may be, they yeah. put a lot of hard, hard work and soul into it. Oh you my know? God. Yeah. I'm learning more. I'm, I'm learning every day about how to write a better script, about how to read when I can riff off my script. Maybe I can start peeling off of it and maybe do more bullet points. Like mm -hmm. it, it's when I realized that like, I didn't have to just sit here and right. <laughs> try to like improvise a three and a half hour show. <laughs> right. <laughs> I the actually, sky was the limit. Right. You, it, uh, my videos, I actually do them all in one take. I don't That's write so cool. down. I do them all in one take. Well, I mean, this is a very natural conversation to have. Like me, like I don't know if I could actually just sit there and just like talk at the camera and do it so well. You know, I I, I stumble a mm -hmm. lot. I stutter a lot. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I I just do it all in one take, and people are like, "You really do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." 
I just go on the top of my head and just go with it. Wow. I, I do my, so the show I have on beams called breaking character, um, mm -hmm. that show is all one take, but I, right. I do write it out. It's scripted. Um, and that's because I have like, a, I have 90 seconds to get everything in. So it has to be super tight. Right. So I've actually done a really cool, I don't know. I'm a 20 year, but I turned up on music. So, <laughs> right. So, um, when, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. I told you I had, I had ADD. It's okay. <laughs> it happens. Hey, when, when I'm talking to people, like people don't understand when you're talking to people and it flows sometimes you're ADHD, you go all over the place anyway. Like if you look oh, at yeah. my, if you look at my like past podcast, you'll see I went all over the place, but I don't care. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be more comfortable just being me. It's really you know. tough. I'm very dependent on people. Like I've always yeah. been like a part of a duo or a team, or I've always had other people working with me on stuff. This is the first thing I've done outside of just like my short story and novella writing and stuff. That's right. just me. So right. it's it's kind of. I'm trying to put myself out there by doing this and, and talking to you. And like when you said like, oh, I can do a video, I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to do it. Because like I, I have to get myself out there. I have to do this. Right. You, with it. What I say is you get, well, you and I are friends anyway to begin with. So Yeah, and it makes it so much easier. It makes it easier if you're doing it with a friend versus somebody you don't know. I yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, because no, they kind of know you already. So they already know your personality and which way the show or the podcast is going to go or if you're on a live stream sometimes you don't know how the people are going to comment either as yeah. well so so mm -hmm. it's like different the all the um different things that go together yes and now i remember i was talking about breaking character on beams i was trying to do a plug mm -hmm. I remember. <laughs> it's okay um so no but that that thing is just it's literally 90 seconds it's just super duper tight right. um so that I do it in two parts and it gave me one, it gave me a lot of discipline in terms of I'm writing consistently every day. Like I'm trying to get ahead, trying to mm -hmm. write multiple episodes, but I'm recording in one shot. And right. so I'm, I'm doing like the Bob Ross thing where like, I'm reading it to myself and like, let me try it this right. way. Let me try it that way. Right. <laughs> Because like I can't, I can start and stop it if I want to. But you hear that, you hear the little, the right. little tappies. Like that's not fun. So right. I, uh, but that that's been really cool to do, and that got me really in a, a really good rhythm. Of I've got to right. take care of my throat. I've got <laughs> I've got to do this. I've got to write. Right. I've got to have time for this. I've got to, and, and it keeps just the creativity rolling. And just well, what what can I consume today? Right. Like what's what's the, what are the people I need to to learn about? Right. And it gives me ideas for other things. And it's just been, it's been right. absolutely fantastic. I think every person about to have a midlife crisis like I am should have a podcast ready to go, already going. Just, right. you know, so right. when you have the money for the sports car, it's there. Right. You know, exactly. You have that desire. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I say also, also, you know, like people will be like, I don't know what to talk about. And I'm like, just talk about whatever's on your mind. It doesn't matter what it has to be. Yeah. You know, no, this whole conversation, while it's been all over the place, has been really, really fun. I don't yeah, know exactly. how it's going to be for people to watch. <laughs> hey, but I hope that they enjoy it. They will. I hope they enjoy it a lot. They will. They will. Because they know how I am. They know I'm all over the place anyway. So, you well, know. I hope they like me. I hope you like me. I'm sure they'll I, like As me. I said earlier, I'm very dependent on. <laughs> They'll like you. Hey, if I like you, 
if I like you, they'll like you. No, I, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Uh, and I'm trying to teach myself some self-love. I really am. I'm trying. You need to. Everybody really needs self-love. You, really I always do. say to people that actually ask me, like, you can't, if you don't love yourself, you can't love another person, you know, and that's true. Like, you that have to really love true. yourself. You have to love yourself before you can love somebody else because otherwise you're going to put those insecurities on that person. Yeah, that's, no, that's super true. That really is. I really, you yeah, know. that's super deep. And that, you should, we just got real serious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But but you always should try to be nice to the nice to the people that that care about you and that are gonna support yeah. you. You should always be kind to everybody, no matter what they're going through. Because at the you, end of the day, you yeah. don't really know what somebody's going through. No, they're not yelling at you. They're yelling at you know their dad from fifteen years ago, <laughs> right? Because you did a thing that reminded them. Or it's yeah. you know they've got all these other money troubles, or like there's something going on with their kid, like. There's right. a million things that people keep That's going on. That's why when um, my mom was really sick, a lot of people don't know this. My mom was yeah. really sick when I was a teenager and I had to grow up at a young age. So I would just get myself into books and like movies because, mm-hmm. because, um, because I would, it would just be so stressful that I had to find something to do while yeah, I'm for- in the stressful situation. So that's where yeah. like part of my love for movies came in and books and, stuff like that so yeah no i totally relate to that like for like any kind of trauma kind of response like i think for me yeah the graphic novels video games tv mm-hmm. movies like the, the escapism right is something that's really been big for me like now now it's paying off because i can have this pseudo encyclopedic knowledge of stuff um right. but i'm trying to work on you know even now you know, i'm trying to work on being more like exposed to it like right. the, the the stuff that's going on and kind of trying to feel it while it's happening instead of like right. stuff it down with you know it's all it's, these facts about cyberdyne right. systems and how the terminator works like <laughs> right or like let me read all of the rules of dungeons and dragons fifth edition even though i'm never gonna run a game right <laughs> yeah exactly like it's okay to be emotional and vulnerable at the same time oh but... yeah i've had to learn that especially as a guy right like i've Mm -hmm. had to learn like it's okay and now i'm like sitting there with my son crying at movies and he's like it's okay it's okay dad daddy it's okay you cry all the movies i know it's just they're happy and i'm happy right my my nephew does the same thing my nephew caught me crying one day to a movie he we were watching together he's like you crying yes he's five years old he's almost five years old all the disney movies wally Mm-hmm. Wally, oh my God! Don't even don't, if you put on a Toy Story movie, I will leave. Right? <laughs> I cried. I was actually on a date on the third Toy Story movie, and I cried at the end because Sandy. That's Sandy a terrible. Like, oh my God! That's almost as I think that's as bad as my first date movie, which was X Two, <laughs> Last Stand. <laughs> right. Not a not a great not a great date movie. And, and I, I was, like, crying at the end, and the guy's, like, looking over at me. This is before I met my fiancé, and the guy's, like, looking over at me. Are you okay? No, I just, I just have allergies. <laughs> so I was on this really bad... I'll tell you my worst movie date. It was for Prometheus. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, wow. So the person was like, oh, I, I love movies. Da, 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 da. I love... And I was like, oh, do you like Ridley Scott? And I was like, yeah, well, he's got a new movie out. Right. Oh my god! When we got to the 
the pod scene, mm-hmm. the surgical pod. <laughs> it was just, I was sitting, like, we were both just sitting there like, this is absolutely the wrong decision to make. Right. I, I... <laughs> My favorite part of that film, though, is that they can't run sideways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's like, are you okay? And we're supposed to go to dinner after. And I'm like bawling because Andy left. And I was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's the end of everything now. Yeah. Until Toy Story 4 came out. And then I just fell yeah. in love with Forky. Everybody thinks he's annoying, but I love Forky. Oh no. Forky's the best. You know why Forky's the best? Because he's just made from love. Right. Like, but a lot of and people don't like my, him because he's annoying. Yeah, but you know what? My son has a bunch of toys like that. Right. Right? Like, he has, like, a, a kaleidoscope thing. He made mm-hmm. a preschool that's out of, like, a little paper towel thing. And we'll make toys sometimes. Uh, we, he loves doing that kind of stuff. And the, those toys that he makes are just as special to him as the ones that we've bought for him. Like, the Ricky Zoom bicycle right. and stuff like that. So, yeah. it's, uh, so for me, like, when I, I saw those pieces of it, I was like, yeah, why is there hate? Like I got my I got my son one of those t-shirts because like hell yeah, right? Gorky's I like awesome. the part when he goes, "I'm trash," and he goes in the garbage can. <laughs> it reminded me so much of Olaf. Yeah, it did. And 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 that made me fall because I love Olaf. My favorite my too. favorite scene in Frozen is like like oh I've been in pain. Hey, look, I got Olaf in the background. I got the lounge. <gasps> you do? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh yay! <laughs> I have an I have an Olaf snow cone maker. Yeah, I have, I have a lot in the back. Well, actually, my shirt's Tinkerbell. This is my. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I was going to wear it. I don't. I didn't have it available because it wasn't ready. But I have a, a T-shirt um, that's now on the laundry. But it, it was a, I made it of the Nostromo, the ship from Alien. Uh-huh. And it's the USCS oh, nice. Nostromo like logo. And I made like Wayland Utah. I made it look like a gym shirt that they give the people. Oh, on nice. the crew. <laughs> that's really cool. I, I loved it. I love Alien. Right. Uh, Alien's a good movie. I actually like that movie. Um, um, I like that one, but I did not like Prometheus just because I'm not a prequel yeah. or a sequel type of person. Well, I, I understand what they were trying to do with the lore, but like a lot of that movie was based around one set piece from Alien. Mm-hmm. Um, like I felt I, I liked the mystery of it. I also like the the world building that they did in prometheus i think that like the stuff that they connected actually was really good and Mm -hmm. alien covenant um right was it was okay i mean what they were trying to do essentially was was david was really the main character right Mm -hmm. like david it was like kind of this fall from grace of an Mm -hmm. android paradise lost kind of situation and uh i don't really think they're ever gonna get to tell the full story the way really really wanted to but um i see where it was going and Mm -hmm. i love david i love the character of david um the fact that he's obsessed with lawrence of arabia gave him bonus points for me i don't care if he's a villain um the fact that he's just a trick william potter's not minding that it hurts and doing the match scene over and over again i was like this guy's a cinemaphile how can i not love him right Right. He's been stuck on this ship for 46 years watching Lawrence of Arabia. Right. <laughs> cosplaying him. Yeah. That would be kind of cool, though. Somebody to cosplay him. That would be kind of cool. He kind of did. He dyed his hair and cut his hair like Lawrence from Lawrence mm-hmm. of Arabia before the crew woke up. Right. Yeah. He literally gets obsessed with Peter O'Toole. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool 
quirk of the villain because right. all the all the best androids from those films have quirky behavior. So yes, for him, it's, it's that. And for uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. This is going to kill me. The android from Alien, the who plays oh, the I doctor. I forget what his name. It's killing me. Ash. Yeah. It's Ash. There's a there's one tell before mm -hmm. the rest of the before the the head scene. It's when he's alone and he like does this little strappy thing to his shoe and mm -hmm. he gets up and he goes and like runs super fast. Right. And like I was like, "Oh, he's testing all the motors in his legs when I rewatched the movie." Mhm. Mm I was like, that's so cool. Like that's the stuff Ridley does right. when it comes to like mm -hmm. Android people or like just these little tells that they're not really human because right. they have these weird quirks. But like, we don't recognize that because we have weird quirks. <laughs> right. Everybody has their own weird quirk. So it's yeah. all good. And I think that's why that movie's like before it's time alien because of the quirks yeah. that the aliens have and the, and the androids in those movies. Oh yeah. And, stuff. and it's, it's such a, it's such a weird, like industrial art take on sci-fi and also it's a very lived in lo-fi universe in the original mm -hmm. alien and in aliens to be fair right. like it, it it feels like they're just in an old broken down truck in right. space in mm -hmm. the nostromo like they're they're literally space truckers like that's right brilliant i don't think like, like it, it it's a it's definitely for me like it came out at the end of the american new wave right in 79 right yeah um that's the end of it um and that's because apocalypse now comes out and right basically and there's like a couple other films that basically like they don't do as well and and also the production is hell um right. aliens kind of one of those movies where it's, it's it's a product of the american new wave where it's very original but it's it's riffing mm -hmm. off of other stuff but it's like taking these pieces and doing it in a very postmodern way right. but it's doing it in this very lived in method way mm -hmm. of filmmaking they built the ship they built right. the entire ship. They literally lived and slept and, and ate mm -hmm. and everything on the ship like they were the crew. That's so tough for everybody. You can't consistently right. make movies in that way for a long period of time without burning out all of the production crew and literally all of the investors because the return right. on those kinds of things is not really there. The art is there and those movies right. last on ad infinitum. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I did a whole piece on Apocalypse Now. It's a great adaptation of Part of Darkness. But right. that's because it was assembled in the editing room. There was literally thousands of hours of footage. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it is. Like, never make a movie like that again. Right? <laughs> like, uh, like I was going back to Phantasma. Um, yeah. There was, it was actually going to be a three-hour movie instead of an 88-minute movie. So mm -hmm. they had to edit a lot of the footage. So it went into Phantasma 5. Yeah, like that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, that's only as a result of the American New Wave, and it's a brilliant era. Mm -hmm. Um, but like that's that's those are the reasons why we're kind of in the position that we're in now. Mm -hmm. You know, with with the kind of corporatization of film that some people are kind of getting sick of, right? Right. But I think they everything just make is new stuff instead of make all the same stuff. What if? If I was to tell anybody to do anything right now to make art, I would say go read modernist authors. Start consuming modernist art, like the art movement mm -hmm. before postmodernism. That's where like 
Hemingway and like uh, books like The Great Gatsby come from that mm -hmm. era. Um, I love all those books. Yeah. So that's where the revolution is going to come from again, because that's where the American New Wave really got its energy. It was from this modernist right. energy, right? Like, let's make everything real again. Let's make everybody mm -hmm. look in the mirror and go, no, this is the world. We need to fix it. Right. And the it, the challenge with doing that now is that there's mm -hmm. so many people that want to escape. And right. that was what made Star Wars so successful. The American New Wave made everybody look at everything all the right. time. There was no way to get away from the drugs and the crime and the the exploitation of, of people and right. Vietnam. Like, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, we just want to get... And then there's this space story with lightsabers and magic and good guys and bad guys, and we can tell right. this and that. And mm -hmm. Of course it was going to blow up. That's why Star Wars has such a fan, a huge fan base. Yes, but now we're on the other side of it now. Now mm -hmm. we're on the, like, and don't get me wrong. It's like, we've talked about at the beginning. We love pop culture. We love that kind of stuff. Right. But if you want to see something new, you've got to go back. You've mm -hmm. got to go back before postmodernism. And you've got to go back before, like, the idea of, like, trying to escape into a movie. Right. And, and but you, you have to make something that's so good mm -hmm. that people aren't going to want to escape. Right. <laughs> They're going to want to look at it. Like, like euphoria is a really great example. Right. Like that makes you stare at like, this is 21st century high school. Right. For these kids. Like this is, this is the kind of stuff mm -hmm. that like I had to deal with as a kid. Me too. You know? Yeah. So like, I saw this stuff all the time. I like, there's so many people that OD the first five years right. out of high school. I'm in the Philly area. So like we have a big heroin fentanyl problem the whole time. There's people do doing pure. Yeah, there's people doing pure carafentanil up here in mm -hmm. Delco, and then they're driving down there for rehab, and that's why you have Wawa's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Right? Now you get to know what a gobbler is. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a bunch of Wawa's around here. But no, like it's 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 like it, yeah, it's it's it, like the fact that Euphoria has this big of a following, I think, should be indicative of the fact that I'm right. <laughs> Right. That, that like the American new wave kind of does need to come back and that it, mm -hmm. people are ready for it. It's just not our generation. It's Gen right. Z that are like, right. they're kind of tired of escaping. They've seen their parents and grandparents just escaping into movies and nerding out mm -hmm. and all this stuff's happening. And they're like, we need to fix everything now. Right. So, and they think us millennials are weird. We're the, we're the hippies. I know. We're the, we're the digital hippies. We have a bunch of people living in vans I know. and making TikToks about how great it is to be homeless. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I've not. Seen that. No, it's like, no, I live in a van and I have a sink. I, I just modded the sink out of plywood and da, 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 and I've got all this stuff. I'm happy. I'm totally right. happy. The next video. Right. I can't believe the police kicked me out of this Walmart parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I could yeah. never do van life. And and they're like they're like okay you're a millennial so you guys just need to go you guys aren't cool and I'm like okay whatever you say <laughs> I don't care I don't care that I'm not cool right like I've never I've never been cool right like, I, I haven't either so yeah. I'm I'm fine I, I'm actually very proud of the generation coming up honestly I'm very proud right. of Gen Z and what they're doing the fact that right. people like Greta Thunberg are just yelling at world leaders at 15 like hell yeah that's right. great yeah make some good trouble. Like mm -hmm. I, I love seeing 
people get active in their community, especially mm-hmm. at such a young age, because like I was one of the people when I was going to school in college and stuff going like, we need to get more people involved in these things and trying right. to get people involved in it. And I'm the one getting laughed at on the corner. Right. <laughs> like, why do you care about the whales? And seeing these kids going, no, I made a, I made a, a guitar out of recycled plastic from the ocean and it's sponsored by 40 ocean. Right. Like, hell yeah, that's amazing. I want right. to see more of that every single day. I want people to email it to me. Right. I want people exactly. to tweet it to me. I exactly. want that all the time. I want to see a bunch of kids go, no, let's make the world a better place for our kids because you guys stop. And I want to be one of the people going, <laughs> right. give me a shovel. Right. Give me a shovel and a sponge. Let me help you, you dumb kid. Do you even have sunscreen on? <laughs> right. <laughs> No, I, I would love I I love them to death. I think they're great. I'm, yeah, I'm never gonna hold them. I'm they gonna are. tease them. I'm right. gonna tease the shit out of them, but I love them. Right. Yeah, they're really good. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, we are just having yeah. fun just talking movie talk and just talking about different things. And just kind of uh, catching up. Yeah, pretty much. We haven't seen each other in a while or talked to each other in a while, so we are just kind of I loved it. This was so much fun. I, I love you. You're welcome to come back anytime. Really? Mm-hmm. Anytime you want. Um, let's see what the let's see what the people think. So where where can everybody <laughs> find you, Pete? You can find me currently on Twitter at Real of Thieves, Instagram at Real of Thieves, and Twitter at Breaking Character. Um, Breaking Character is no G and no E at the end, <laughs> so it's Breaking Character, and that's because I hit the character limit on Twitter. Uh, but on Instagram and TikTok, it's it's full breaking character. Um, and Real of Thieves is a show about basically all the references, riffs in history and all of the favorite stuff that you love. Right now we're doing films. Eventually I'd like to go into other media like graphic novels, games, stuff like that. Breaking character is all about breaking down your favorite characters from your favorite stuff. So that is all over the place. Um, today was all about One Punch Man. Um, and that's twice a day, two 90-second episodes a day you get one in the morning one in the afternoon early evening uh and then real of thieves is once a week so uh if you want to reach out to me at real of thieves at breaking character um yeah a lot a lot of ways to find me (laughs) and i will link all his links below so you guys can find him and if you guys want him on your shows or just talk to him about anything as well and yes please do and you guys know where to find me you can find me on popping the popcorn on Instagram, Facebook slash groups, uh, Patreon slash Popping the Popcorn. And I want to thank Amy and Dana from the Running Eat Drink podcast. And Josh, have a great night, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. I love.